All righty. Um, today, uh, I want to look at confidence. I want to talk about confidence. I want us to consider what that, you know, the thing is, is sometimes we think we have confidence for various reasons, and maybe we do. But the thing is, is I think I love what Dana was saying this morning. Every time we stand up and we talk to folks about giving, the thing is, it's not about, come on, let's twist some arms, let's grind the organ, let's make, pre-. no, no. It's about building faith and, and giving con- uh, confidence. And the way we get confidence is through context. When you have context, in other words, if, if we're, you know, the song we just sung earlier, I'm calling on the God of, of, of Moses, I'm calling on the God of, of David, you know what we're basically doing? We're saying, because I know what you did for him, I have context. You're a God that's faithful. You're a God that is absolutely trustworthy and faithful. Have you ever been through a battle? Oh, yeah, everybody has. I'm looking at folks right now that have been through some battles that we're thinking, we're not going to get through this. But here we is. Here we are, standing, moving forward. You know, several years ago, I got a a text message from a young girl that I've known since 1976. And uh, I was pretty close. I was very close to her. I watched her grow up. I watched her go all the way through 12th grade. I mean, I was a part of her life in the sense that I was her youth pastor. Uh, I, I knew her family very well. And uh, I, she literally grew up before my eyes. We watched her. And I, I just remember she sent me a text. And her text said, I mean, in a, in a nutshell, I'm having a crisis of faith. She says, I, I just don't know what I believe anymore. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm like, uh, what? I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at that, I'm reading that, and of course I, I contacted her, we met and talked and encouraged her. And what had happened was she had had some very difficult things happen in her life. And she felt as though that God had failed her. She felt as though that God didn't come through, that God had abandoned her. And she, instead of her stepping back and beginning to remember and remind herself of the things that God had done uh, and, and trying to get some perspective because we all go through difficult things, but if we only look at those things and the result of what we think, because here's the thing, the story's not over. We keep living. We keep moving forward. We've gone, we've gone through loss. Everybody in this room has gone through loss at some level or another. Some way or another, we've all had loss. We've all had some things happen in our lives where we're thinking, well, that wasn't any good. What happened there? But if we take some steps back and we look at the faithfulness of God and we remember and remind ourselves of the faithfulness of God, confidence comes back. But if we lose our context of life, of how we're living, we can begin to lose confidence in God. So this morning, we're going to look at some verses in Hebrews. You've got a handout. If you don't have a handout, anybody didn't get a handout that would like a handout, all the scriptures are on it. But we're going to, we're going to go through and read some of these verses. But let me just kind of build a little bit, build my thought here a little bit. And so the author of Hebrews is giving us, if you start in the beginning of Hebrews and you read, he's giving context. He's giving context to the to these Hebrews, and they're, the Hebrews were Jewish people, and the ones he's writing to are people that had come to Christ. 
We don't really know who the author of Hebrews is. It doesn't say. You know, we can speculate, but here's the thing. We know what he was doing if we take time to read it. He was talking to them about the superiority of Christ. The superiority of the covenant that God had made with believers, those that put their faith in Christ and what Christ had done at the cross. And, and so he's going through and he's painting them a picture. And uh, let me just kind of reflect here a little bit. Uh, he's showing his readers uh, that Christ is better, that better than the angels. He's better than anything you can name, any place you can live, anything you can wear, any job you can have, any amount of money that you have, anything you can snort, anything you can chug. He's better than any of that stuff. He's better than anything and everything. He's better than any God that's ever been served, any God that's ever been named. He's better. He's better. There's no comparison. He's better. Can you say better? He's better. But if we lose context, we might begin to think, well, maybe he is for you, but for, oh no. Listen, I don't want to lose context. He tells them that Jesus is better than Moses. That in itself was an insult to the Jewish uh, people. Because Moses was the all in all. He was the one that they looked to. They talked about Moses like because he was the lawgiver. But this, the writer of Hebrews says he's better than Moses. He's looking for a fight, maybe. No. He was letting them know as good as Moses was, Jesus is better. Better. If you want to know the, the theme of the book of, of Hebrews, it's better. Better promises. A better way. Better ask you a question this morning. Have you ever lost your confidence? Well, obviously, you can answer that in your own heart. We don't need a show of hands. But I have. I've lost my confidence in different things. You ever had a car you lost your confidence in? <laughs> Push it off the road and leave it there and go away. But, you know, life, having confidence in God's Word, have, you ever ha have I ever lost my confidence in God's Word? I've had the opportunity. I've struggled with it sometimes. But the way we regain our confidence is we get perspective. We step back and we remember the faithfulness of God. Actually, Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now, it's not on the... I didn't put that on here. There's so many verses that I wanted to bring, but I'll make mention. Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says, uh, Now faith is the confidence of what we've hoped for. It's the confidence. Faith is, it gives us the confidence. It causes confidence to rise up in our heart. What does God's word say about your condition, about your situation, about your life, about the future, about who you are? What does God's word say? Because there's people that are saying other things. There's, there's professionals that are saying other things, and they're professionals, and they know. So when they tell me something, well, you know what? I have to listen to them. I love professionals, and I'm not just talking about doctors. I'm talking about all kinds of professionals. The world is going in, going to hell in a handbasket. The next five years are going to be miserable. That's what they're saying. But I'm going to step back. And my God is faithful. My God is, is trustworthy. I have confidence that we can be like the children of Israel living in the land of Goshen when the whole world is under siege, when the whole world was going through so many difficult things. The plagues, all that was going on, and down in Goshen, they were just doing life as normal, sitting out, sunning themselves, enjoying life, making bricks. <laughs> but they had confidence 
They had confidence because of God's faithfulness. Now, maybe they didn't have the kind of confidence that maybe we're talking about today, but we have confidence in God's words. But if you lose your confidence, we end up in a bad place. You know, if you lose your confidence, you don't realize how much you lose. But we lose a lot. The devil can't take your calling. Everybody in this room has a calling. Not to be a preacher, not to be an evangelist, not to be, but a calling of God to honor him, to worship him, to live in his, in his covering, to live as sons and daughters. We all have a calling. The promises of God to you are yes and amen. You have a calling. You have a gifting. Everyone in here has a gifting. But if the devil can steal your confidence, then what he does is he stops you from operating in your gifting. He can't take your gifting. If God gave you a gifting when you were, when you were born, he did. Whatever gifting God gave you, he can't take, the devil can't take that, but I'll tell you what he's after. If he can't get your gifting, which he can't, he'll steal your confidence. And then he'll begin to cause you to think small of yourself and less of yourself. And it's like, well, that was for a day before, but I've messed up too much. I, wait a minute, who are you listening to? Because the callings of God, the giftings of God are without repentance, according to what the scripture says. It's without repentance. God doesn't take his callings and his promises and his giftings back. But the devil wants to steal our confidence to cause us to think that, you know what, God can't use us. And if he can steal our confidence, he can keep us from functioning in what God's called us to do and what he's given us the anointing and the gifting to do. If he can get you to believe that you're a failure, that you're not enough, that you're not good enough, that you're unqualified, then you know what, he can basically keep you from operating in that gifting. I, I came across a quote. I don't even know where this came from, but I wrote it down somewhere at one time. Uh, Joyce Myers made this comment. She said, a believer without confidence is like a jet, a jetliner sitting on a runway without any fuel. It's not going anywhere. It's got everything. It's got all the, the equipment and, and all the bells and whistles, but it has no power to go anywhere. That's what a Christian is like without confidence. And you see, you, you might look at your life and say, well, but listen, I, I know God loves me. That's not a question. God loves me, but listen, I, I don't think look, my past, the decisions, look, look at my life. I want you to know confidence is based on context. How do you view yourself? There's people, you know, I, I love talking about my grandkids. I tell my grandkids all the time, all the time, you are beautiful, you are handsome, you are a good boy, you are a good girl. And there's people that are told, you're a loser. Who do you think? Even joking and jesting. Come on, loser. But the truth is, I'm looking at capable people. I don't care what you did yesterday, meaning... It's not going to take your gifting and your calling. It doesn't matter what has happened in the last week, the last month, the last years of your life. It doesn't matter because God is a merciful, forgiving, kind God, and he will restore our confidence if we will look at him and not look at ourselves. The enemy wants us to look at ourselves. Look at yourself in the mirror of your past. Look at yourself in how, what you, remember what you, remember? Remember what you did, Remember? Yeah, I remember, I remember, well, remember why? What do you remember? I remember Jesus died for my sin. And I believe I have a righteous standing with him. I believe that I'm a new creation in Christ. 
I'm born again. I'm a new creation. But what about this? Yeah, that's kind of under the blood. That's kind of the past. That's over. God has forgiven me. I'm a new creation. That's who I am. And so the heart of God's word is to give us confidence. It's to help us to know who we are. The biggest problem that the children of Israel had was they had a low self-esteem and a low view of themselves. They lived as the people that were there, that were that got into the party, uh, got into the crowd, and they, they left with Moses and went into the, to the wilderness. You know who they were? Slaves. They were born slaves. They were raised slaves. They didn't know anything but brick-making and slavery. Their daddies were slaves. Their grandpas were slaves. They were all slaves. They were born slaves, and so in their heart, were just slaves. Like we say sometimes, and I understand the statement, but it's not true anymore. Oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Oh, listen. You know, I know that we all have sinned, and we all have fallen short, but I'm not going to call attention to the old man anymore. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. That's who I am. And it doesn't matter what anybody says about me. It doesn't matter, what, well, it shouldn't matter what anyone says about you. Other than God. Because God says you're his chosen people. your sons and daughters. That's who you are. That's where we get confidence. is from context. Context of what God says. Because there's a lot of things being said about us by a lot of different voices, and a lot of them are coming from within us. I am, I am, I'm not, I can't, I used to be, I am a, I am an overcomer. I love that song, 100 years old. I still sing it, Jordan. I might just break out and sing it right now, you just never know. Because it's such a confession just to say that I am an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. I'm not an undergoer. I'm an overcomer. When, when Satan talked to Eve, this is what he said. He said, did God really say that you can't eat from any of the trees in the garden? Wait a minute. Let me take that apart a second. No, that's not what he said, that you can't eat from any tree. He said, you can eat from all the trees. Oh, but, but this one over here is mine. But you can have all the rest. Oh, but so, so he says, you can't eat from all the trees, huh? Well, no, no, all he was trying to do was skew her context of what God had said. That's what the devil does to us. Oh, you know, I'm the healed of the Lord. God sent his word to heal me. Oh, but you know, I, I know that's true, but, and then we fill in the blank. We fill in the blank. What is it about confidence that we don't understand? It comes from what? We view our lives through. The lens we view our lives through. It comes from the connections that we have in life. If we're connected to sources that are constantly telling us that the days ahead of us are miserably wrong and messed up and get ready because it's going to be worse than you've ever imagined. Oh, these are the last days, the end days. Maybe they are. But God's not coming back. I love Pastor Messer. He used to say this. God's not coming back for a church that's hunkered down in a cave somewhere, just holding on, waiting for God to come. Oh, don't let the devil get me. He's coming back for a victorious church, a church that knows who we are. Not an arrogant church, but a confident church, a confident church that knows who we are in him and what giftings he's put in us. We have the power of life and death right here in our tongue. 
Who are we speaking it to? First person you need to speak it to is you. Speak it to yourself. Tell yourself who you are from the scripture. Tell yourself about your day and your future from what you know God has said. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. I got a lot of stuff here, but I'm going to have to move fast. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, it tells us, uh, so don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Now, let me give you a little bit of context here. Just real quick, uh, let's go back to verse 32 through 35. So let me just read through this, because who's he talking to? He says, don't throw away your your confidence. It'll be richly rewarded. Listen, listen, church, don't throw away your confidence. This is what he's telling these folks. I'm telling us today, don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Were you just saying that, those just words? Let's look at the context of who he was talking to and what he was telling them to do. In verse 32, he says, think back. Think back. Don't look, think forward about what, what you're hearing. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember, remember, remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. You've gone through it. But remember the faithfulness of God. Remember how God was faithful because you were faithful. He says, sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. And sometimes you helped those who were suffering the same things. Remember those days? Man, don't throw all that away because you're struggling today. Don't throw that away because it's tough today. Because if you don't throw away your confidence, there's great reward. There's a great reward. Verse 34, you suffered along with those who were thrown in jail. And when all you owned were taken from you, you accepted it with joy. Take it. Here you have a big screen TV too. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about your dreams and your the, the, the church, those that put their faith in Christ in these days, in, in the early days, everything that they had, they were they were excommunicated. They were put out of, out of communities. They were run out of town. Matter of fact, if you read James, the first thing that James says is he's writing to the church and he says, to the church that is scattered abroad. Why were they scattered abroad? Because persecution came because they had confidence in God. And people don't like, by and large, people without Christ don't like people with confidence in God. They're embarrassing. You're embarrassing me. Come on, man. Every day is a good day with you. Always happy. What's your problem, man? Get with the program. Don't you understand? We're getting ready to be in. We are in a recession. Things are going to get worse from here, right? Is that what we believe? I'm not going to throw away my confidence. I'm not going to throw it away. Why? Because it says that there's great reward. And you see, you might be saying, sitting here now going, dude, I think I already did. Get it back. Because the devil can't take your confidence and keep it. You have to just step back and get perspective. So what is it that God has done? Oh, man, God saved me. He forgave my sin. Does God love you? Oh, I know God loves me. There's no question about that. How could God love you? Because he's a loving God, and he forgives everything. He's a God that can change us and give us a new life. He gives us a new heart. He changes us in the midst of all the junk that maybe our life might be a train wreck, but he pulls us out. 
and he gives us a new heart. So context, what is context? Context is the circumstances that form the setting that we see life from. It's the circumstances. So context, maybe you need to change the setting that you're looking from. I'm not going to get through this, but let me just, let me just move quickly if I can. So he says in verse 34, you suffered along with those who were thrown in jail and all, uh, all you owned was taken from you uh, and you accepted it with joy. I mean, not take it. It was like, I have the joy of the Lord. I can't stop you, but I've got the joy of the Lord in my life. You knew that there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. This is not heaven. This is not the end. This is not, it's not the one that gets the most toys wins. That's not, that's a lie, first of all. I'm not saying having nice toys is wrong. I'm just saying that's not the goal. The goal is to hold on to our confidence in God and to believe him no matter what because days are good and days are bad. Days are wonderful and days are terrible. Days are up, days are down. But you know what? If we can live at this place, Sam, but you know what, God, it's the same all the time. His love is continuous. He always makes a way where there appears to be no way. I heard this, this statement. Uh, it was about how, let me, I think I wrote it down. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I think I took it out. But basically, we get offended by something that happens in life. Maybe a person or a situation, a condition. That's what this young girl did that I was talking about in the very beginning. Something happens, and we get offended, we get hurt. And so what we do is we make a decision on one thing that happened and walk away from the hundred great things that God has done in our life because we lose perspective. We lose our way because we get fixated on a difficulty, on a difficult thing. And listen, I know difficult things are real. I got to move. I gotta move. I've given you all the all the notes there, but let me just let me just go forward. I'm gonna give you three quick things, uh, basically on how to how to hold on to your confidence. And these are things that are in these verses. I'll maybe try to point them out as we go along. Number one, we hold on to our confidence by maintaining a clear conscience. When I get messed up in my thinking and in my heart between me and God. When I know I've done wrong and I'm not living right, when I've failed and I've, I've sinned and I've fallen short and, and, and I just try and stay on the run. You know, the devil wants us to run from God. And the Holy Spirit wants us to run to him. I love that song we did, Run to the Father. Because that's what God wants us to do. He doesn't want us to run from God. He wants us to run to God. But when our conscience is messed up because Man, we, we, we shouldn't have done that. We said something. Not just with God. What was the greatest commandment? Remember the, remember the, the uh, Pharisees come to Jesus and they say, Hey, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? I have all the commandments. And they had like 613, something like that, commandments. But he, he was referring to the 10. Out of the, the, all the commandments, which one's, which one's the greatest? And he said, Okay, let me think about it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And they're thinking, hey, wait a minute, that's not one of the commandments. He said, well, but, but these, these two things here cover all ten of those. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know what? When I realize that God loves me and he'll forgive me for anything, if I repent, if I turn my heart, if I say, God, forgive me, 
then you know what? Then I, my conscience can be clear and my conscience can be clean. And my confidence comes back because God will forgive me every single time. And the same thing with one another. If we don't have a clear conscience with one another, not just people in your home, not just people in your work, but people in your life all around, people that you see every single day. If you've done or said or something has happened between you and them and there's a strain, there's a problem, here's the thing, God still loves you, but that eats away at our confidence. It eats away at our confidence. And if I don't have confidence with God, if I don't have confidence to stand up here and to feel as though I can preach, and listen, I'm going to be the first one to tell you, I am not perfect. I'm human. You cut me and I will bleed. You pinch me and I'll scream. I feel things just like you do. But you know what we have to do is we have to keep a clear conscience with one another, with God. And if we can do that, that will help us maintain our confidence if we maintain a clear conscience. And of course, there's a verse there uh, uh, this is 1 Timothy 1, verse 18 and 19. Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this commandment in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them, remember them. Get some perspective, get some, get some context. He says, by recalling them, you may fight the battle well, holding on to faith and a good conscience of which some have rejected. I don't need a clear conscience. God loves me and he knows I'm a mess and hey, whatever. Hey, listen, they know I'm a mess. Fix it. Well, you know what? I can't fix everything. Fix it. Fix it. Which some have rejected and so suffered shipwreck in regards to their faith. The second one here, I'm going to move. Uh, we have confidence. Uh, we, have to, we can hold on to our confidence by staying connected to community. Staying connected to the community that God has put us in. Now, community is what? People are saying, well, that's just the church. Well, it is. But it's also the community, your family, your, your friends, the people that, that bring you strength. I'm telling you right now, I don't spend a lot of time with people that cut me down. I don't even give a lot of attention to people who cut me down. There's not that many. Matter of fact, I can't think of any. But the truth of the matter is, in my life over the years, I have been around people and they, it was their goal in life to make me feel bad about myself. I don't know where they are now. Maybe I've just outgrown all that. I don't know. But I don't know where you are. But if we will stay connected to the community that God connects us to and encourage one another, encourage one another. Verse uh, 23 out of John chapter, not John, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse uh, 24, he says, let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Hebrews, there's a verse there about the whole body being fitly joined together. We build up ourselves with the giftings and who we are and what we offer. You bring something to the table. You bring something to the community. But if you have a broken confidence in your heart, your confidence is gone, you don't have it, then you know what? For you to step up and to say something like, hey, you look nice today. Hey, I want to just bless you today. I want to encourage you today. You have a great day. Well, I couldn't say that. Sure you can. But what happens is we lose our confidence because we feel bad about ourselves or we get disconnected. Stay connected to the community. 
couple more verses there. Last one. Uh, we hold on to our confidence by living with consistency. Living with consistency, not being up and down and up and down. And, and the thing is, is I know that happens. I know it's a tendency that we, we fight through, that I want to be consistent. I want to be consistent about going to the gym. I want to be consistent about eating the right stuff and not eating the wrong stuff. But one thing's for sure, I need to be consistent about my faith, about my loving the body and loving the church and loving my family and loving God and loving the, the lost. I want to be consistent with my faith because that gives me confidence. That gives me great confidence. Let us hold unswervingly. This is verse 23, chapter 10. Let us hold unswervingly. We'll not let go. Let's be consistent to hope, to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Be faithful and don't let go. Be faithful and don't let go. Back in, I don't know how many years ago it was, but I, I looked this up uh, just the other day just to make sure that, you know, updated info. But uh, I, I read an article, came across an article, actually. I didn't buy the magazine, but I came across an article, and it was from Forbes magazine. It was talking about Serena Williams. And I don't know what you think about Serena Williams, but she is, I would not want to get on the court, on a tennis court with her, unless I was behind the net, hiding underneath, on the other side, because she's amazing. But basically, uh, she won 23 Grand Slam titles, and she even won the, the Australian Open at 20 weeks pregnant. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but anyway. She turned pro in 1995. Her career match one, matches one was 774. Uh, she's the number one ranking. She was, I'm not sure if she's even, I don't know what's going on there now, but she was the highest ranking single of all time uh, and the highest ranking in doubles. She was number one in that with whoever she played with. Her career winnings uh, was like uh, 94 million U.S. And I say U.S. because U.S. and other currencies in other countries is different. But 94, 94 million in anybody's currency is a lot of money. But basically, she's, she's like, she's got this great, amazing confidence if you ever have heard her talk. But they asked her, uh, in an interview, they asked her, they said, uh, probably after she'd won the Australian tie, uh, Open, and knowing that she was pregnant, she revealed that. And they were doing an interview with her one day. And they said, what's the secret of your success? And she kind of mumbled a little bit. The article says she kind of mumbled a little bit and said, well, I've kind of played a lot of tennis. Let me tell you the secret to success is consistency. The secret to confidence is consistency. Not being up and down, not being wishy-washy, not being I don't feel like it, I feel like it, I don't feel like it. Being, you know, whether I feel like it or don't, I'm going to do this, I'm going to live this way. I'm going to be faithful to God with my life, I'm going to be faithful to my family, I'm going to be faithful to the word. And here's the deal, it's not about getting 10 things and, and going, i got to check the boxes every day. It's not legalistic, it's a life that God calls us to. And if we can step back away, that's the key. Context. Stepping away from all the junk and all the great things and all the hard things that happen in life. Step away and get some context and say, you know what? This is not who I am and this is not who I am, but this is who I am. I am I'm a child of God and, and God loves me and I have a calling and a gifting. And today, God, I love the song. I love the songs today, Jordan. Just keep coming back to me. 
Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. We welcome you. Lead me, Holy Spirit. Use me, Holy Spirit. Speak through me, Holy Spirit. But you know, the Holy Spirit can be screaming into our ear. But if we got our face in the circumstances, trying to fight through things that are trying to make us miserable and things that are trying to cause us to be unhappy, and it's like, step away. My joy is in the Lord. My joy is in the faithfulness of God. My joy is in the community that I'm connected with. My joy is in the confidence that I have. I have a good, clear conscience with God and a clear conscience with others. And I am going to be consistent no matter what. Confidence. Confidence. That's what we all have to have. You might say, well, I've prayed a lot of prayers and I've given a lot of uh, money and I've forgiven a lot of people and I've read a lot of scriptures and I've shown up to a lot of services and, and be consistent. It's not like, okay, check that box, now you can go on and do something else. This is our life. This is who we are, church. We're men and women of God. And God's got us in so many different places, it plugged into so many different parts of the community, so many, pl- many places in, in this community, and eventually, before it's over with, around the world. This church is already touching and impacting uh, people around the world because of the investment that we've made through missions. But you know what? The days ahead when people in this room are going to be doing things around the world because of the consistency that you've shown today, this week, this year, this month, in the days to come, being consistent, and that causes our, our confidence with God to know that, you know what, no matter what comes my way, I can overcome. Con- uh, context, that's critical. Let's pray.